Welcome everyone to the next edition of the In the Paint podcast. I am Brandon, one third of the In the Paint podcast crew. I'm joined today by GT, who was not here in the last podcast. Um, we decided because Chris and I, um, you know, we, we were the first two people to create this podcast that, um, you know, with five people with last week's uh, podcast with the NBA baseline, the five people would be a little bit too much. So we just do Chris and I, and then the people from the NBA baseline podcast. But um, Chris is unavailable today. Uh, he had some things to take care of. So now it is just GT and I for this week. Chris will join us next week on the podcast. Um, GT, welcome back. Um, Thank you very much. I think to start it off, we have to talk a little bit about Philly. Um, Philadelphia has been in the news a lot lately. And I think it's very important uh, with the management decisions they've made recently and a couple of rumors that they have going around regarding some trades that we talk about them and, and see where what direction they're headed in. So I'll let you start this off. Where do you think they're going? Um, well, basically, what Philly's major moves were, they brought in Doc Rivers, obviously. They did it about a week ago, but they also hired Daryl Morey. And he's an experienced member of Houston and did a lot of good work for them um, through his tenure there. Although, obviously, they went different paths. So he found his way on this um, this confused Philadelphia team. They still kept Alton Brand, which is um, a questionable decision, to say the least, because um, he's made some very, um, I won't say dumb, but he's made some pretty ill-advised moves recently. So I can't say that it's it's a smart decision to keep him on because you've got someone with the experience of a, of, of Maury, but you're still keeping on Elton Brand, which means that you're, you're basically just adding another head to the dragon there. And I feel like it's just a crazy, crazy ask to, um, to have him work alongside Elton Brand and Doc Rivers to, to figure it all out. So the time it's time to talk, talk about basically the roster because I feel like that's their biggest problem um, when it comes to when it comes to this Philadelphia team. I think it's their, their I think it's their, their roster, the personnel that they have. I don't think they have enough to to contend. So I don't know where they go from here, really, with the roster, with the pieces that they have. So, so what I'm hearing is um, that the only good move that Philly has made this offseason is Daryl Morey. And, and yep. not not necessarily the Doc Rivers signing and, and not re-signing Elton Brand and not making any moves yet regarding the roster. Is that, is that what you're saying? Well, I won't say that Doc Rivers wasn't a smart move because hmm. at the end of the day, he is a, he's a very established coach. He's very respected along, among the league. But he does come with his own set of questions um, and set of, um, a set of circumstances that he's come from a team where he's failed to make the conference finals. Um, he's only won one championship, but he's, he's extremely long tenure there. I believe that he's, I don't know how many seasons it ought to, in, in totals, but, you know, he's coached over 1,600 games. You know, mm -hmm. he's, he's done that. He's got a 50% he's win, 58%, uh, uh, sorry, um, regular season win percentage, which is pretty good for a coach. But, you know, he, he, it's the question surround his ability to push them beyond that mark um, and postseason um, and the postseason success that he needs to instill on his team. Now, at the Clippers, he had an extremely experienced team. He had someone who just the year before had just won a championship basically by himself. 
um, being the, the lone star on that, that Toronto team in Kawhi Leonard. He had Paul George, who had been to the finals, um, to the playoffs multiple times. They, they had Lou Will. He's, you know, he's been in the league for 30-something, for, sorry, he's 30-something years old. You know, he's, he's very, um, he's a very experienced member of that team. They also, you know, they, they had good pieces around them and he still couldn't do it. So, I'm not saying that he's not a good coach. I think he's a very good coach, but I feel like he comes with his own set of questions and that's going to be only time will tell if that's a smart move for them. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I couldn't agree. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Honestly, it'd be interesting. I think, you know, I'm a big proponent for, okay. So when Ben Simmons got drafted, I was a freshman in high school. Mm. When Ben's when Ben, uh, my apologies. My English is not well today. <laughs> um, so, Ben Simmons got drafted when I was a freshman and I instantly became a fan. You know, I was, I was a fan um, coming out of college and I instantly became a Philly fan because I, I, you can even ask my brother, he made me a Philadelphia 76ers YouTube banner. I was full out. My name was balling for life on YouTube, you know, YouTube banner, 76ers, Ben Simmons, Philly logo, all of it. And then guess what? I trusted the process and then guess what? He got injured. Yep. And then he came back. And you know who I became a fan of at the same time? Uh, also Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo. And you know why? Because they have the same play style. I, I go for people that play style. But looking at Ben Simmons, Giannis has evolved to the game more than Ben Simmons. He's not fully evolved to the game, but he's evolved to the game more than Ben Simmons. And I think that's detrimental to Ben Simmons' career because if you don't have a, a solid mid-range shot or a three-point shot in today's game, you are screwed, period. And I think exploring to trade Ben Simmons from that Philadelphia 76ers team, although you know the plan originally wasn't to start him at point guard, I think you need to trade for a point guard. And a solid one. Like, like, for instance, even if you just get a Malcolm Brogdon. I'm just throwing it out there. It, obviously, logistics, cap space would have to work that way. But Ben Simmons is not the way to go for Philly. I think, like you said, the, the roster has to be switched up. And I think that starts with Ben Simmons. I think it, it starts realizing that, that he is not the player that he was, that he was meant to be, that, the Philly, that Philly thought he was going to be. So I, I think Philly needs to move on. They need to move on from Ben Simmons. They need to trade him, get a solid point guard. Because who did, who did you say the, the starting point guard this season would be for Philly? Uh, Shake Milton. Right. Okay. It'd be so Shake Milton. So that, that's. Right. I I don't know if trading would be the best option for them now because of the fact of the matter is they've um they really don't have the pieces around that to, to like that there's not really a many point guards you could trade for in today's NBA. Um, most of them really do already have, um, you know, they have their home, they have their contract, they're, they're, they're happy where they are, but it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's going to figure We're going to figure out what's happening with that team because I feel even though Ben Simmons can't, uh, he can't establish himself as, as a decent three point shooter, or even a, a half decent mid-range shooter. They had a team to complement that. They had Jimmy. They had JJ Redick. Um, and Bede could knock down the shot. 
they had they had good spacing around the floor, even off the bench as well. They had um, uh, it's the, the name's blanked in my head at the moment, but they had another you know, couple of good three point shooters. Um, Marco Bellinelli, that's who I was thinking of. Oh yeah, they're really Bellinelli. good three point shooters. Um, off the bench, but um, yeah, I. I I feel like they had the team to compliment him, but because of the moves they made by acquiring um, Horford and giving him that monstrosity of a deal um, and also letting Jimmy go but keeping Tobias Harris, they've hamstrung themselves in such a situation that they can't just go out and sign a point guard. Not that there's many point guards on the market at, the, at, the, at this moment in time. They, they thought that maybe even just Richardson could be that answer at point guard, but I don't feel like he has the skill set necessary to, to unlock or even run the plays that they need throughout the day. So, throughout the game. So, I feel like it's not a question of can he be that player. I feel like if you can get a good trade going, I don't know if that's the best case scenario for them, but I've been hearing a lot of rumours that you know, with, the, with the acquisition of Daryl Morey, they've been looking actually to bring um, James Harden over in a trade for Ben Simmons. Now it's a pretty, it's an, it'd be a massive blockbuster trade because you're trading for someone who doesn't even know, you know, we, we don't. So someone that we don't even know would be able to work in that system. It's a completely um, out there trade. It's, it's it's but if they could make a trade like that work, you'd you'd be pairing Harden and and B together, which in my opinion would would definitely make them stronger, and would give Houston a piece to um to look towards the future. But um, I, I don't know if there's any point guards out there from on top of my head, my knowledge that would actually be an upgrade on even a Shake Milton because you'd be, we'd be like, after the last year's trade period, we've had no, we, we really do, like we were in store for a quiet free agency period, not a trade period, but a quiet free agency period. Like um, looking at the current free agents, the first point guard on that free agent list is Jeff Teague and he's 32 years old. Oh, so. Jesus. He could definitely be a good piece for them, but I don't know if he's a starting point guard per se. I'm not, not um, anymore. Not anymore. I'm sorry. Not anymore. So yeah, I I feel like they've got some definitely some some creases to to iron out in that team. They need to figure it out fast. I agree. I I honestly think that that Philly is in a very interesting position this year, and I think this year is almost like a a prove like a proving year almost. More so that, okay, if we cannot do anything this year, if we cannot get past the second round of the playoffs, well, maybe we need to shake things up. And, you know, maybe maybe I'm crazy, but maybe if this year doesn't work out, they need to make some big, massive trades. And who knows, maybe even start over. The process didn't work. And, and um Sam, did you see the comment Sam Hick, Sam Hinky made? My apologies for the name mess up uh, there. I um I don't think I've seen it. Sam Hinky said, "I will never work in the NBA ever again after working hmm. for the 76ers." Well, he never he didn't say after working for the 76ers. I'm just saying that as a as a as a suffix. I, he said, "quote I will never work in the NBA again." End quote. And that's after working for the 76ers. So I don't know if the process was a success. I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think it, you, you can't say it's a success because it, 
it didn't result in anything. They've got no trophies, no silverware to to prove their um to prove that it worked. You've got complete, you know, not anarchy, but you've got constant rumours of trade of trades being in the works. You've you've gone through personnel change, coaching and players changing, um, uh, leaving and and they've acquired and then players have left. You look at the draft picks that they've that they've had that flopped and look at the trades they've had to make mm-hmm. to kind of um to navigate themselves around that. For the process to have worked, they needed to at least have made a final, maybe two, or at least one one. So I think it was a complete failure this um this uh this process that they're going about because you even see with Embiid, Embiid has no faith in the front office. He said it multiple times. He says it on Twitter. Um Ben Simmons and apparently, you know, rumors come out of Ben Simmons and um and be aren't on the same page, and, and one of them wants the other one gone. The same with the other on the other party. So you can't say the process was a success. I feel like as soon as Jimmy Butler left, um, and they signed Tobias and Horford, and I feel like yeah, as soon as as soon as Jimmy got traded, the process was was over because you've got someone who has very little experience in Elton Brand who made the wrong moves, and we saw that this year when they came to the. To the playoffs, and I know Ben Simmons was injured, but they didn't have the personnel off the bench to even, um, you know, sustain themselves or even keep a fighting chance in that series. Yeah, no, I agree. I, it, it, like I said, it's going to be an interesting year for Philly. We'll have to see yep. how it plays out for them. Um, one quick side note on another team that that I wanted to make, and, and it finally came to my head. Oh, Mike D'Antoni found a place. He yep. found well, it. He found it. They've, they've, they've really made a, a weird decision here. A good, a good decision in my book because you've got someone in, um, in Brooklyn, Steve Nash, who is the head coach, much like what Steve Kerr was when he joined the Golden State Warriors. But so you've got Steve Nash, who's got extremely minimal coaching experience, right? But you've brought someone aside, alongside him in um, Mike D'Antoni, who's got multi decades of experience. So you've got him backing up Steve Nash, which gives him um, gives him a hand in in trying to navigate, trying to trying to work with the players, trying to figure out what's the right fit for these players, and to navigate themselves through the free agency period. I feel like it's it's important um, I, to bring uh, someone like that on. I disagree. No. All right, thousand percent. Because in my opinion, Mike D'Antoni should not have a job in the NBA. Straight up, like hey, we saw, like in Houston. Okay, they'd make the playoffs. Great, you know. But what would come out of it? It's another Philly. It's the, Houston was the Western Conference version of Philly. You know, mind you, they didn't have – well, you could argue that they had the same star power as Philly. But I think piece-wise and depth-wise, Philly is was slightly more depth – or was slightly more deep than Houston has been in the past few years. And, you know, I, I agree with what Stephen Smith said – or Stephen A. Smith said on his uh, – on first take, he said, Mike D'Antoni was lucky to get that job. Oh, yeah, he was. He was so lucky to get that job. After his failure in Houston, that should, that should signal the end of D'Antoni's coaching career. But it didn't. He got lucky with Steve Nash. And in my opinion, it's not going to make a difference. And, and hear me out. Hear me out. Steve Nash is a placeholder. Steve Nash, as a coach, is a placeholder. He's not going to coach that team. Kyrie and Kevin Durant are going to coach that team by themselves. They're strong-headed people. And Steve Nash with no coaching experience, he's just going to 
He's just going to sit there and be like, yeah, do this. Okay, yeah, you can do that. He's just a placeholder as a head coach. There's, there's going to be no coaching being done in Brooklyn because Kyrie and Kevin Durant are there. I see what you're saying. Going back to, to Houston, saying that the, the Western Conference version of Philadelphia, both of them have a, a revolving door of players coming in and out, in and out, in and out. So you could draw that comparison there. Philly was a di- sorry. Um, Houston was a different different demon to um to Houston. It, it Houston tried to get star power alongside um, James Harden, and you know they had Dwight Howard, who was don't forget you know a defensive player of the year, you know caliber player um, coming to that team. He failed. They brought CP3 in. He failed. They brought. Um, Russell Westbrook, so far, though, they haven't done a very good job at melding their play styles together. And now they've um, now they've actually, you know, they've moved on from, from D'Antoni, which is the right move for them because I don't feel like he's the right coach to keep them on track. And it's, um, it's um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because you say that Steve Nash isn't the coach of that team. I feel like he's still going to have a large input in what they do. Um, I know for a fact, you're right, that Kevin Durant and Kyrie, they both had to sign off on the fact that Steve Nash would be their head coach. And they wanted that. So they did. They, they do respect him in a way. Um, one of the best point guards in history, in my opinion. Agreed. But um, he's – it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to control them at the end of the day. Not just control it, but let them really do their thing on the court because you've got you to remember that they've never played a single second of basketball together on the same team. Uh, that's true. That's they have not seen a single second of, of basketball together. So you're going to have to not only go and build a rotation and build a system that works for them, but you're going to have to get some sort of um, you know, some sort of um, vision about what they're going to look like because he's going to have to make that on the fly because you've got to reduce preseason now, especially with the league pushing for an earlier um, yeah trying to push and trying to get an earlier start date on this um on this thing on the, on the NBA, but you're going to have to take that and, and really build a system that works for both of them. So that's going to be um, Southern lookouts in the East. Cause if they get it right, you're really looking at a, a damn good team with damn start, good star talent. That's um, and the team runs deep as well. You know, they've got Lavert, Allen Harris. Um, they've got these types of players to keep them and um, really push them to becoming a, a, a good contender out in the East. I, I you know, I agree. Um, I, I get that. But do you think Kyrie has some sort of idea of what it would be like playing with KD because of how many finals they went up against each other? You know, with Golden State and Cleveland, I, in my opinion, he has to have some idea of what it would be like, right? Look, they, they've definitely they, – they've definitely – spoken together and they probably run drills together and training when um, Kevin Durant's a bit more healthy they, they, they will do that and they probably have already um, so they're not going to be completely unfamiliar with their play styles and they're going to figure out a way that they can both um, succeed but I, they've got zero experience formally on a court together when you're playing as an opponent um, not, not only do they not even play the same position but they don't know what it's like to guard each other so they're not going to even see that coming but we're going to see what's going to happen with, with that team because 
if Kevin Durant and Kyrie take over, I don't give Steve Nash a, a, even a chance to coach that team, then I don't think they're going to be successful in the long run. I don't think it works that way. I see, especially with other teams, that the star talent has really tried to take over. I don't feel like that's the best um, That's the best system for any, any team, especially a brand-new one that's never played together. Yeah. You know, I, I think we, we've rambled on enough about – um, the Eastern Conference, just Philly and, and Brooklyn in general. I'm I'm sure that um, that we we've given our input enough, and I'm sure it'll be interesting both teams. Um, and like you said, you know, Brooklyn has the opportunity with all the pieces they have to be a reckoning force in the East. Um, so let's I, I'd say let's call it there for now for this podcast, and let's move it on move on to the next uh, next subject. A little bit of yep. free agency buzz. All right. Um, okay, since Chris isn't here, well, he's in chat, but I'm talking about Jeremy Lin. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm talking about Jeremy Lin. You, you can diss me for it in chat. That's, that's, that's fine. Um, okay, Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin on certain teams in the NBA can be a starting point guard. Fight me. On the Charlotte Hornets, oh. he can be a starting point guard. No, that's not true. They've got they've got oh, the starting on. point guard. They've got Graham. They're happy with him. He's a good player. Much better than Jeremy Lin, in my opinion. He's he's not a starting point guard there. The only team who's actually starting point guard could honestly be Philadelphia with against Shane There you Wilson. go. There you go. That's the that's the only one. But look Phoenix. I have to agree with Chris in this situation and and I've heard him speak about this. He's not a big advocate of um he's not a big advocate of, of Jeremy Lin, neither am I because not only he didn't deserve the ring in Toronto, he even admits to it. But he's been playing in China this time now, and he's not really taking advantage of this. Um, of that, he didn't take advantage of the opportunity. He he was yearning to come back. He wants to come back. He's made that very clear to a lot of people that he wants to come back to the NBA. So there's definitely going to be teams out there that are interested in his services, and that's that's fine. That's that's all well and good. But he's not going to be a priority against you know some other free agents for those teams. Like the two rumored teams were Brooklyn and Golden State. Now, I've made it clear that Golden State are the only team that should be in contention for him. Oh yeah, Brooklyn don't need another point guard. They've got Dinwiddie at backing up um, Kyrie. They don't need that. So, if you're going to sit there, um, uh, if you if you're going to sit there and tell me that Golden State don't need him, then I think you're lying as well because he can be used on that team, but he won't be. He won't be sitting there thinking himself, I, 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 just, I just want to go over and win a ring. That's not what he wants. He does want to play. Um, and I'm just trying to think how much game uh, playing time he's going to get in the Golden State type of system where they've still got fair, fair good, like fairly good players that still need to get their minutes as well. But he'll definitely play. Um, I don't know for what team, what team will pick him up, but he'll definitely be on an NBA roster, in my opinion, by the time the season starts. I think I, I completely agree with what you said. Golden State is the team that needs to sign him. Um, he's okay. I'm not saying he can go to any team and be a starting point guard. I think on Golden State he'd be he'd be a solid backup. I think he can provide he can fill that role and provide what that team needs when when Curry needs a rest. You yeah, know I I, I think it, it currently currently it's Kai Bowman backing yeah, him up and he's Kai not Kai Bowman. Yeah. And eighty percent of you won't even know who Kai Bowman is, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's um, he's he's not a bad player, Kai Bowman, at all. He actually did have some pretty good games with them this year, but he's not um, 
Um, yeah, he's not uh, going to be that star backup point guard that can take the eight to ten minutes that Curry's not going to be on the floor and actually okay. just being effective. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I agree. So, okay. Just to put the spotlight off of Jeremy Lin, that's fine. Um, you you wanted to talk about De'Aaron Fox, and um, I, I thought it was interesting, too. Um, man. Yeah, that's, that's going to be really interesting. So, for those people who don't know, De'Aaron Fox has done uh, three, te- three things to um, – to kind of signify that he's not going to be with Sacramento much longer. One, he unfollowed the Sacramento Kings on Instagram. Two, he unfollowed his teammates. Three, uh, did did he personally put the message up, or is that Bam's message that he replied to? No, he 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 initiated the message as well. He 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 he, he put the message up saying, you know what we talked about, and he tagged Bam. Yeah, and he in tagged that Bam at a bio, and Bam. Yeah, so he tagged Bam at a bio about a plan that they had. In my opinion, that's clear cut that De'Aaron Fox is going to Miami. And I love that move. The only thing I don't love about that move is what goes on with Drogic then? Well, you're going to think about it because he's still contracted. So that trade's still going to have to happen. That, there's still going to have to be a package that goes to Sacramento. And um, just to add quickly, he did actually yesterday sell his house in California. Oh, God. So, that's a fourth thing so, he's done. Yeah, so nah. we're gonna figure out. They're gonna figure out what's happening there. But it looks, regardless of me being a Miami Heat supporter, it's very, um, it's very detrimental to your team for for someone like Fox to be doing this. Like Fox is the heart and soul of that Sacramento team. Him and Buddy Hield, and you look pretty foolish going out and doing the things he's done at the moment. And and I agree. I, I'm really excited for him to um, um, to go, and. Like um, if he was to come to Miami, he'd be an amazing fit. But he doesn't look doesn't look too great on him now. If this, if, the, if the the deal doesn't go through, if there's no if it's not reciprocated in any way, and he don't want him, then he just looks like a terrible teammate in the end, which is oh, very right. sad. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like you said, De'Aaron Fox, heart and soul of Sacramento. Agreed. Where do they go from there? I mean, they have Buddy Hield, they have Marvin Bagley. <laughs> What do they do with those pieces? Do they try to do they try to continue the build with those pieces, or do well, they just restart? Buddy Hield's already made his intentions clear. He wants to be out of Indi- of um of of Sacramento. He doesn't want to be there anymore. He's made that perfectly clear. So you're about to lose one. You're going to lose the other now as well. So if you lose Buddy Hield, then Fox is going to be saying, "Well, that's my number two guy. I'm not going to win a championship, and I'm about to hit the um the prime of my career very soon." Mm-hmm. So. They've still got good pieces on that team, but if they if they did were shown a package where they could, um, kind of not not re- rebuild but retool to hit that sure. championship window sooner than later as well. If okay. they're going to lose Buddy Hield, they're going to lose um, De'Aaron Fox most likely as well. So if you were to send him to Miami, you'd be looking at least for first round pick Kendrick Nunn at a minimum, and then you'd want something else, like Kelly Olynyk, to make the money work. Um, you, they, they'd be asking for at least a Duncan Robertson, which is a terrible decision in my opinion. They'd definitely be asking for a Tyler Hero, but they, it's pretty unrealistic that they're going to get that um, right. in, in exchange for De'Aaron Fox. But it reminds me a lot of a deal that went down in um, this, this whole thing stinks of what happened in Denver with Ty Lawson. Because oh, yeah. if you recall, Ty Lawson was watching the draft um, Draft lottery, the draft when it um, when it happened, and they drafted Emmanuel Mudiay 
in um when they drafted Manu Munier with the seventh pick or the eighth pick, I'm not too, I don't remember too well. And Ty Lawson posting the incident saying I'm out. He goes, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm, I, I, well, that's my replacement. They just drafted my replacement. He got actually traded to Sacramento, funnily yeah. enough. Um, so he put that post up on, on, on Twitter saying, um, they were looking at Kira Lewis Jr. and, looking for him to be not the starting point guard, but looking to come to the team. And he's probably thinking, well, they're about to draft another point guard. They don't need another point guard. They've got me. So he's probably thinking that they're rebuilding. They're planning to trade Buddy Hill, which there was already been linked to um, Pacers. They're, right. they're looking to trade um, uh, other pieces on that team. They've, there's rumors, you know, it's already there. So he's oh, got to figure sure. out what he needs to do for himself. But it, he shouldn't be doing this, in my opinion. It's pretty mm-hmm. detrimental to his team. Yeah, no, I mean, just to just to go off of your point, Moody was the seventh pick of the 2015 NBA draft. Um, and, you know, just to make a funny side note, he's not even on that team anymore. He's on Utah. No, he's been, he's been, he's in, like, he's been on three different teams already. Exactly. And, I mean, I the Sacramento Kings, unfortunately, are in a little bit of a, of a pickle now. De'Aaron Fox mm. wants out. Buddy Heald wants out. Big pieces. Yes, you still have Bagley, but what is Bagley going to do by himself? Yes, they have some smaller yeah. pieces, but not not to the not to the extent of De'Aaron Fox and, and Buddy Heald. Um, so I think honestly, uh, man, I'm I'm I'm. Yes. Well, this is pretty. This is pretty much if this if this does come to fruition, the Buddy Heald and the De'Aaron Fox trade, it's game over for their for their championship hopes because they were looking pretty promising last year. They were yeah. doing very, very, very well. They looked like a future playoff team. Looked like they could compete. But um, they weren't in contention for a championship. But they looked like they were young enough to eventually get to that point. But mm-hmm. if they lose their two, the two best players on that team, and you're going to have to start again, well, you're going to lose basically your entire window shut from then on. You're basically, you're rebuilding after this point. Right. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. Um, I reckon... We have to talk about what's going to happen with uh, with Gordon Hayward as well. Yes, they have. Uh, sorry, Celtics have been very vocal on their, you know, their, their admiration for him. They love him, but there's also been rumours this. Now you cut out GT. So, um, I think we were talking about a little bit about Gordon Hayward. Um, you know, he's got a big player option. You know, and I think with the amount of money that that he's getting this season, there's literally no chance that he goes anywhere. And in my opinion, if they want to trade him, okay. But I don't know. I I don't know who would take on that contract. I I in my opinion, I think um, Gordon Hayward easy decision, thirty plus million dollars if I'm not mistaken. Take that player option, play the season out. Oh, there's no doubt in my opinion that he's taking that player option. There's there, there's no doubt in my mind that he's turning down. He's not gonna he's not gonna turn down that money. He's go, he's gonna take the money every other week. Cause he's, he's he's coming off an injury. He's 30 years old. This is his last big contract, and it's a massive amount of money. Um, but the only problem is he doesn't have a choice whether Boston trades him or not. It's not like you know uh, he says no and he gets to stay. It's not how the it's a business at the end of the day. So he's gonna be he's gonna be sitting there. And thinking to himself, 
well, I don't really have what it takes to, to fill the holes of the team. They need, um, they need rim protection. They need backup rim protection. They need, um, you know, a, a lot more veteran leadership in that team. And he doesn't provide anything but the veteran leadership. So Does he even provide that with all the injuries he's had? Like, uh, that's a, veteran leadership comes in different forms. You can, you can do it on the court. You can do what Udonis Haslam does as well. He, he's he's won three championships in his time there in Miami. Yep. He hasn't. He plays four minutes. A, he plays a maximum of thirty minutes a season. Every minute, one of those minutes comes in the last game of the season where he plays the entire game. He does it every year, but yep. he provides something that that it's an intangible um, thing to have. You. you People love him. People need him on that team because he provides that that old style grit and grind. People love to hear his story. People love to see what he's done, um, and he sure. gives that veteran leadership off the bench. So, um, I feel like Gordon is probably going to be on his way out for a center. Now, whether that center is a Drummond or if they can even get a deal, deal, I've seen even deals being flown out that um, trading Jalen Brown and. Um, Gordon Hayward for Joel Embiid. I've seen that. Oh, so, God. And it would be... A t- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with that at all for, no. for either team because it kind of just puts them back to square one. But I've seen those trades being floated out there and then they're not sure. being floated from each organization, just people talking. But, no, just... you know, I can't see... Um, I can't see him staying on that Celtics team. No, I longer. agree. I agree. Um, I think this, you know... This could potentially be the last season of Gordon Hayward on the Celtics, or even, like you said, with with the possible trade possibility, you know, a half season uh, for Gordon no, that Hayward. Would be a half season. No, I mean half season regarding that they trade him at the deadline. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, you know, yeah, okay. I think that that also is a possibility with with what you mentioned, um, but that Celtics team, I do have high hopes. Um, you know, it, it's Jason Tatum's team, and there's no doubt in my mind that it is Jason Tatum's team, and I think he, he brings a lot to the table, and like you said, Gordon Hayward, a little bit of veteran leadership, kind of like Udonis Haslam, when, you know, when Gordon Hayward is injured, he's more so of a Udonis Haslam uh, type leadership, but like you said, it's not going to last just, much just longer. Minus, just minus the championships. Minus the championships, literally, exactly. Yeah, so he's, he's practically... Just a friend <laughs> of yeah, the dude. team. He's just a nice guy that just hangs around right. the um the arena. But look, I think he'll stay healthy. That's I don't think he's going to be injured again like that. But I just feel like they've got so many other um problems part of that team, and he's a contributing factor. The fact that they've got no cap is yeah largely because he's on a ridiculous deal, and, and it is a ridiculous deal for a guy only averaging seventeen points a game when he is healthy. So. Sure. You know, you look at um, look at some players in the You look at Bogdan Bogdanovic. You know, they're on 15 mil, 16 mil. Um, Bertans was on 11 mil. Yep. They're at 12 and sorry, 15 and 12 respectively, like each of them. So you're 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 looking at a player that's getting paid double their money, sometimes three times their money, to average two more points than them on worse shooting. Yep. So with with more minutes as well. So. I don't know whether it's actually the smartest option to trade him now or before the deadline because he might actually offer something really important to them. But we don't know in the um, in the long run how that's going to work for them. Right. Um, okay. 
next topic and final topic, if you're ready to move on, GT. I am ready. Is the draft. And, and one specifically, one comment specifically that I saw today that I kind of made me chuckle a little bit. Um, so highly rated upcoming draft pick, James Wiseman, is not going to meet with the Minnesota Timberwolves before the 2020 NBA draft. Um, Memphis University Center, James Wiseman, says, quote, he doesn't want anything to do with the Minnesota Timberwolves, end quote. Uh, that's kind of funny. I'm sorry. That's just well, hilarious. I think that's just common sense. I'm not saying that <laughs> because – I'm not saying anything against Minnesota. I think they've got a good thing going on there. But why would James Wiseman be courted by a team like like um, Minnesota when they've already got their center of the future solidified in Carlton Towns? They don't, they don't need James Wiseman. So it's well, that's really exa- – That's exactly what he said. With them, if it was to meet with them, it'd just be a waste of both their times. So – he didn't get. He didn't. He didn't roast the, middle, the Timberwolves per se. He did. It's not the nicest thing to say, and he probably could have could have done without saying something like that. It does look pretty stupid on his part. At the end of the day, you're an NBA player. You get what you you get what you get. There's no fifty fifty about it. You know, you are going to get trade. You're going to get drafted by a team, and you should be grateful that you're drafted that team because you know this is an opportunity that isn't afforded to to mm-hmm. everyone every year. This is a extremely uh, um, precious and and exciting thing for you to be drafted into the NBA and it's it's really prestigious so he should be taking it with a bit of um a bit of poise but he's not so right no and what happens there and and that's exactly why he doesn't want to be drafted to to Minnesota I, I because of Carl Anthony Towns and you know that that being that piece but I I just thought it was funny to note that you know he he said it in such a, a demeanor that was like nah I don't know I'm not going to the Timberwolves like no yeah. I just thought it was kind of hilarious. Um, you know, in, in some a couple mock drafts, James Wiseman is projected to go second to the Golden State Warriors. Now, for me, that's that puts Golden State in a very interesting position because if you draft James Wiseman, you can start James Wiseman, thousand percent as your starting center. Yep. But if you trade yep. that number two pick, right, and you 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 give it to to Cleveland, let's say let, that trade that I tweeted out. Let's say you give that number two pick to Cleveland. They won't and... be drafting James Wiseman. They will not be drafting James Wiseman if that's the case. If it goes to Cleveland, they're not doing it. Right. Agreed. Let's say you do that and you, you, know, you get the number five pick and Drummond back. Um, then Golden State at number five. So right now the number five projected um, draft pick would be, uh, my apologies, I got to get it thrown up here. Um, a lot of people are predicting Obi Topin. Yeah. Now, Power Ford, they, they, they've got Draymond Green. So, in my opinion, the only piece that Golden State might need, might, is a small Ford. Because in that trade to Cleveland, you'd most likely be giving up like an Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, and that small forward position, there'd be a hole there. So, the problem is drafting at number five. Your best bet for a a small forward 
if he doesn't get taken, is is Denny of Dia. Yeah, um, or I, even Isaac Isaac Okoro as well. He's actually yeah, he's showing some promise as well. Or even Patrick Williams. Yeah, I mean like, in, in could you you could even stretch Anthony Edwards, but I'm sure he'll be drafted by number five. Let's be real. Yeah, no, he'll he, look. You you know well and truly that every you know. You can you can predict how the draft is going to go. This, in my opinion, is the most open draft. Like it's such a hard, oh, yeah, hard draft to, to do. You know, ESPN every week they release a big board, a draft big board, and they mock draft every every single week. And every single week they change. It's different. One week right? they've no. got Lamelo going one. Next week they've got Anthony Edwards. Some weeks they've got you know Obi Toppin going Weiser. third. Yeah, they've got Obi Toppin going third. Going number one. Like I mean, it's yeah. been so. And yeah, and, and erratic, look, man. I think Obi Obi Toppin will be the biggest sleeper in this draft. I love oh, Obi yeah. Toppin. I think he's an absolute talent and he's going to be great for this team for whatever team picks him up. So oh, yeah. he could go anywhere between third to 10th. To we don't know because it's just about how each organization values him personally. So uh, if you're going to ask me, with that second pick, they will be trading it. There's no way they don't trade it. I, I feel like you've got, you've, got to, you've got to realize Stephen Curry is not 25 anymore. No, nope. you know he's not twenty six. He's thirty. Mm. You know he's going to start. He's starting to get up there in age. So is Clay. Draymond's nearly done. Your your championship window is closing, and it's not not because I don't like the goals. I don't. It's not that I don't like Golden State at all. I, I think they're a great team and they're built really well. But I feel like they their their championship window is closing faster than they believe. So for oh, them yeah. to go and get for them to go get a center is um. It's the smartest thing, but I don't know if that a rookie center is the right move for them. Definitely not, because that rookie center is going to take a couple of years to grow, and in my opinion, give it max three years, and that championship window is gone. Yeah, yeah, they need to win, and they need to win now if they want to. Yeah. If they uh, if they want it, yeah. Back and they did look. We know they've got the tools to do it. They 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 did it without Kevin Durant. They did it with Kevin Durant. So yep. they've Agreed. got. They've got the talent. They've got the know-how. They know what it feels like. They know what they need to do. So they can, it's not like they can't do it. They just need to apply themselves and to do it. But I just want to ask you. Yeah. If every single pick stays, I mean, T will stay with number one. Okay. Warriors go two. Yeah. There's no trades being done. What okay. would your big board be for the top six? Top seven, sorry. Sorry, we'll say we'll go top seven. My my sleeper or? No, no. For, so. What is your big board or your mock draft at the moment for the top seven players? Who do you think is going where? Oh, good God. You're putting me on the spot here. Okay. I think, personally, the first, number one pick is going to go Anthony uh, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, I, I agree. I reckon Anthony one, Edwards number one. I, I'm, I'm almost certain. Um, number two. God, dude. Um, I'm at, Okay, I, I'm going to go... James Wiseman. I will. Even even though if no trades are made, then Golden State needs a center. They do. Yeah. Um, so I, I agree I think, as well. I agree with that. I think James Wiseman can go number two. Number three to the Hornets. Oh, that is a rough, rough pick. I think they would go for um, – that's hard to say because I it's, it's between Denny Avdia and Obi Toppin. For me, um, and I think they would lean toward Obi Toppin just because um, they have, you know, Graham. 
Right, they have Cody's out. No, but in their in their in their backcourt they have. Oh yeah, uh, the backcourt. Malik Monk, like they're yeah. they're fine there. Um, I, I feel like yeah. Sorry, keep going. Go ahead. No, you're fine. No, uh, with the third pick, I reckon if he if this guy does fall to them, they'll be picking up Anthony Edwards every day of the week. They they've seen what Monk offers, and he is he's got a lot of potential for a player of his caliber, but. I don't know if I don't know if they can pass up on the opportunity to get Anthony Edwards because if you can start Graham and Edwards together, that'd be great for them. No, for sure. Um, Given that he's not taken by now. Yeah. Right. It's it's yeah. But I, I think it'll be three Anthony Edwards. I thought you said he was going number one. Did I say number one to two? Oh, sorry. You know what? I'm right. I'm, I'm you're right. I did so. Anthony Edwards <laughs> one, James Wiseman two. Yep. I'll be going for Denny at at VR this pick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, if I'm saying if if Anthony Edwards does fall and they T Wolves do take him Lamelo yeah. or a Denny Avdia, um, then they will be definitely picking up Wiseman. That's oh, um Edwards with that third pick. Yep. Um, number four. Since I said Obi Toppin is going to go number three, I'll say Denny Avdia is going to go number four. Um, yep. number five. Okay. Call me weird, but. In my opinion, you have to take him at this point. Number five, Cleveland Cavaliers. They already have Colin Sexton. Okay. I get it. I'm picking Darius the ball. Well. Yeah, then you got three three high potential point guards on that team. You got Darius Garland, you've got yep. Sexton, and then, and then you're gonna have um Lamelo. If you look gonna... at the top five people though, the I mean you, you can argue uh, the Timberwolves need a point guard. There's no doubting that. So they could pick Lamella Ball, they could. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think they will. Lamella Ball is six six, so he could play the two. He could even stretch the three. But with his skill set, I think he's most effective at the one. So you really got to look at a team that that needs a point guard. Minnesota is that. But I don't know if they're going to pass up on you know Anthony Edwards. That that like, even. Yeah. I mean, even a James – well, not James Wiseman, but, like, a Denny of Dia. Like, it, it's hard to say that that they would pass up on those players for LaMelo Ball. I don't – I yeah. don't know. I think, in my opinion, LaMelo Ball is a little overrated. Okay? I've, I've always felt that way. All right? Yeah. But – I I agree. I've, I've watched him play in Australia. He's not – he's nothing special. Yeah. No, I agree. He's not – it's not, and I'm going to say that personally. Like, I, I don't think he's got the hype around him is a lot bigger because of his name as well. You remember the last name, yeah, Ball. The last few years has been on the biggest part. The name's basketball, so you know you got a lot of hype with him. He's played a lot of basketball with his brother. He played a lot, um, you know, in Australia. He's played in a professional league, and he's done okay. He didn't do great, but he did okay. So people like him for that. He's more tested than a lot of these players. Doesn't have a lot. Um, doesn't have a, an injury pass, so they can count on that. But you know, between one and three, you know, the, 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 it doesn't matter what variation. I think James Wiseman goes second anyway, so it's either going to be Lamelo Ball or Anthony Edwards who goes one. Um, oh yeah. And then whoever doesn't get picked because it's picked up by the Hornets. I can see that happening a thousand percent. I I agree, for sure. Yep. Um, if if that's all you got to say, that's all I got to say about the draft. Yep. Um. I just want to see what. Well, just give me your biggest sleeper. You reckon? Obi Toppin. Of this draft. Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin. Yeah. Yep. yep. I. I no agree. doubt in my mind. He. I, is I think fantastic. 
when I when I heard him speak the other day as well, like I already had high hopes for him, but I heard him speak the other day. He just seems like such an NBA ready type of guy. You know, mm. he says he wants to model his game after Anthony Davis. I believe him. I believe that he wants to as well. Um, He's got a hungry he, mindset. He does. He wants to. He wants to be that great. And Davis is an amazing player, championship player. You know, he's 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 great. So if he can keep that mentality and um, you know, keep pushing, I reckon he'll be he'll be the best, one of the best in his drafts, easily. Agreed. Agreed, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, after that, we I think we can wrap it up now. Yeah, but I'm 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 happy with what what we said, what we discussed. I'm excited for the next episode as well. See yeah, next, next episode, like I said, everyone, uh, Chris will be back next week. Um, we're trying to, to push to a once-a-weekly once weekly podcast upload. Uh, we're going for Sundays, late nights, because that's when I stream, right? I stream 10.30 p.m. to 2.30 a.m. So we start our podcast at 10.30 p.m. Central Time. I have to mention Central Time for our viewers you know, around the U.S. or across the world. Um, and you know, we upload it right after. So a lot of our views come Monday. So you guys can really expect it to be up late night Sunday or, you know, early Monday if, if, if you guys are asleep by then. Uh, so that's what we're going to be – that's what we're going to start to do once weekly podcast. We'll record it Sunday night and upload it. But uh, thank you guys for listening. I, we really appreciate your support, um, you know, from Chris as well because, you know, if he was here, he, he'd say the same thing. Um, but GT and I, we thank you for your support. Um, and we will see you guys in the next podcast next week. Everyone have a great, great week. And we will see you guys in the next podcast.